0: Hello, I'm Gemma and welcome back to another episode of Good Influence. This is the podcast where each week you and I meet a guest who helps us pay attention to something we should know about as well as answering some of your questions. This week we're talking about breathwork, the science behind harnessing our breathing, how exercises can help us to access our emotions, and our guest treats us to a guided breathing session to help with balance. So joining me this week is Stuart Sanderman. Stuart is an author, radio host, and breathing coach who's worked with everyone from Olympic athletes to business executives. A trained respiratory coach, Stuart has studied both Eastern methodologies and Western science and brings all of this education together in his show, Radio One's Decompression Session, as well as through his social media app and courses, all called BreathPod.
1: Life gets stressful sometimes. I'm not I'm one not to advocate like, oh yeah, just do this and life will never be stressful again life happens and we go through experiences that are hard and we go through challenges and we feel things in those moments we have the power to change it around but saying, no wait a second let's change my breathing
0: let's start right at the beginning why breathing for you because I mean it's something we're all doing every day hopefully um how did you come to kind of work in this area how did breathing become such a big part of your life
1: and you know, it sounds so bizarre, isn't it? Like when did you start breathing? And in some ways I, I rediscovered the power of breathing through quite a hard time actually. My girlfriend was diagnosed with terminal cancer.
0: I'm so sorry. And
1: before that I was I was a DJ. I was touring the world playing music and, and all sorts and producing music. And yeah, when she was diagnosed, it kind of moved me heavily into this body-mind space, looking at conventional treatments and of um, health and well-being looking at all the amazing alternatives that are out there and also evoked this kind of like what is life about where do we go after this mm-hmm. lifetime so some big um questions at that moment and sadly she didn't make it she she passed away i i wish i when i tell that part of the story i feel like people are waiting for me to say breathing saved her and everything was amazing but um it wasn't until afterwards that i found breathwork through grief mm. i didn't Know much about it? I know it's. Uh, I I just took my mum for Mother's Day to a breathing class. That's as far as I'd thought. My mum was is into yoga, and mm. I was meeting her that day. I was running late, and I didn't have anything. And something popped up online saying breathing workshop, and I bought it for my mum and, and went along with her the following week. And it was that moment that that particular breath practice that kind of turned on the light bulb Thought, wow, how could uh, this, how could I have overlooked this thing that we already have on us? And what happened in that session was so weird and wonderful and amazing and powerful. Uh, A lot of energy shifts. I had a very cathartic release, probably the first time I'd really let myself go emotionally through grief Mm. or maybe even my life in some ways. Like I'd, I'd always held myself together and I thought that was a good thing, but In that um, breathwork class, I allowed myself to feel for the first time and and let my guard down and I had this big cathartic release, a lot of emotion, felt like the weight of grief was kind of evaporating off me. And I felt that my girlfriend was there holding my hand, which was so bizarre and amazing and and supportive. And that got me kind of excited or also (laughs) before I got excited, I thought, right, I'm actually I've lost the plot. (laughs) Something I was um, <laughs> okay. just like, this is like I've gone through so much, and now I'm like hallucinating, or this is happening. Mm-hmm. Either that, or someone I thought maybe someone's popped something in my drink before, and they did not seem the type to do that. They were very lovely.
0: I mean, that's <laughs> quite a reaction.
1: Yeah, and and then I thought, well, actually, maybe there's a third option, and that third option is breathing. Breathing has the power to actually allow you to let go of that tension, physical tension and emotional tension and tap into this deep space, this powerful space. So that was me from my first session. I thought, right, I need to see if this is a one-off. I need to do a bit more of this just to see what really happened there and uncover that. And the more I practiced, the more I got from it. Um, Initially, it was grief, but I started to notice my energy increase, my sleep getting deeper and better, the voice in my head being much kinder to me, um, having more energy, just feeling a little bit like I was coming back to... A version of me that had been very distant for a long time, um, and even more so than grief, it felt like I was actually connecting to a, a real part of me. So it was mm. that was that was my introduction. It was through that that particular first session, diving deep with that particular practice. And I I, I often question things. I'm quite a skeptic to a lot of things. I like mm. to question things. I like to understand things in a way my mind kind of a logical way. And so the experiences that having was having through these practices were, were not logical at all. sure. So I, I set off on my way to try and find out as much as I possibly could about breathing. Um, and I set up a business uh, called Breath pods, where I helped others uh, release tension, whether that's physical tension, whether that's using our breath to control how we feel throughout the day, like reducing our stress or creating more energy or finding a bit more flow, or working through some of these more complex, emotions or challenges that life brings like grief or moving house or changing job or going through a breakup or not being able to sleep at night. Um, What is actually happening here and what's happening with the body and the breathing cycle so that we can kind of work through some of this stuff. And so, yeah, that's how I got into it. And that's kind of where I went from it. I think with many practitioners, it tends to be something that's helped them so much and they just get so much from it that they just want to share it with the world. And that was certainly the case with me. I thought, wow, this is something so amazing, so accessible. We already have it. We're already doing it. Um, how do we actually learn more about this and have awareness of how our breath interacts throughout our day so that we can feel good? I know that sounds very broad and, and simple, but but ultimately that's what breathing is. It, it allows us, when we remember to breathe. We can change the way we feel and we can make the most of uh, any situation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, that's so interesting and it it made me think of something and I've I've probably mentioned this before on the podcast even, but thinking about emotions and breathing. So as someone who's um, struggled with depression and anxiety and people always say, you know, exercise is a good thing to do because endorphins and it's generally good for you and all the rest of it but I I always say if I'm too sad already I can't exercise because I just cry which and that's what it was making me think of when you said that and I feel like it's when as soon as I was kind of exercising and getting out of breath it kind of the emotions would just sort of pour out of me and that's yeah made me think of um, just for me personally I can really see how that sort of connection would work
1: Yeah, no, it's it's really interesting because often I think about uh, what what why are we getting certain dolphins through our exercise and our movement and our breath changes throughout that. We our breath speeds up. We're we're needing more oxygen to our cells. We breathe faster and our heart beats faster. So we're causing the body to shift, shift its chemistry and change. We're kind of our our mind and body is always looking to be balanced. Sure, but it balances itself with what it perceives is the right thing to do at that time. And a lot of our breathing is, uh, well, it's all automatic, but it's linked to how we are, our stress response. So when we um, go into some sort of exercise, we kind of elate that stress response. Um, I know that sounds bizarre. It sounds like we don't want to do that, but we get stress, which is actually a positive stress where it motivates us and it it excites us and gets us moving. So yeah, it's, it's interesting that you've had that connection if you're feeling down that that, allows you to have this emotional shift. And what I'd say is allow that to happen because when you were sharing it there, it sounds like what you tend to do is actually, I'm not going to exercise because I'll feel. Yeah. And what everything I teach, and this is the same for myself before coming into breath work, it's the world around us says it's not okay to fully feel if you're feeling you're maybe showing vulnerability and that's not a good thing. Um, This notion of strength is often praised and it certainly was for myself as big boys don't cry is this old belief that I always had. I'd done martial arts all my life, teddy bear called tough Ted. So when it came to something like grief, I thought, well, I, I couldn't actually access it and I didn't want to access it because I thought that would on an unconscious level that would, um, break this pattern or conditioning around strength that I'd built up. So for yourself, there might be something around that as well. Like it's okay to feel. And it's, and I'd actually say it's once we get better at feeling, we allow our breath to move because when we access feeling throughout our day or different emotions, our breath moves. So when we're excited, our breath kind of (laughs) jiggles up and down, banging my table here. Um, when we're laughing, well, our breath does something different. When we're joyful, our breath expands. And when we're feeling stressed and anxious, we, we actually contract. So our the the rhythm and rate at which we breathe is also a measure of how we're feeling and a measure of what our emotional state is. And that's a lot of the work that I do with, with people and um, a lot of the stuff that I talk through in, in my book, Breathing, Breathe Out, is actually well, how do we stop these contractions, stop ourselves from holding on because as well as our breath moving through emotions and changing when we feel emotional. Part of that emotional cycle is actually needed. We have this, it's called integration and we have, and Harvard research says it takes 90 seconds, 90 seconds from the moment we have that emotional experience for it to complete and to complete its cycle, it needs to move. Energy and motion is what emotion is. And when we allow it to move, we have a, usually have, some sort of emotional experience we laugh we cry we shout with rage or something happens and our breath moves now because we maybe deem consciously it's not appropriate to do that it's not appropriate to shout and scream or laugh where we shouldn't or um burst into tears when we go and do exercise then what we do is we hold our breath we hold our breath to stop ourselves from feeling because unconsciously we know that if we breathe through it we probably have to feel it so that's maybe what like when you engage in the exercise you're forced to breathe because your exercise is building up that energy level and you you need your your breath to move and that's maybe causing this actual shift to happen so what i'd say is is i get so excited when people share these things with me because i'm like you need to come and do a session come do and do a session in. with me yes um absolutely because it will unlock it will unlock what's what you're holding on to. And this is something that you might be aware that you're holding on to, or it might be something that's deeply rooted from our past. Even things like um, our childhood experiences where we've learned how to interact with the world through our peers, through our parents, through our schooling, um, we hold on in certain ways. And that is all, the way we hold on is, is holding our breath. So once we can unlock some of that stuff, we can feel what we need to feel and allow ourselves to have those integration cycles that we maybe have been holding onto for many, many years. Then we free up that space and you can enjoy your exercise without um, having to have an emotional outburst. I don't know, I'm using you yourself as an example, but that's for anybody, anybody that's um, maybe avoiding situations because they know it'll make them feel a certain way. What I'd say is actually get better at feeling what you need to feel, and be more aware of that as well. And we can start making a positive change. And, and all that comes with a move in our breathing cycle.
0: Yeah. I, do, I mean, I find it really fascinating, even thinking back to, I mean, biology at school was my favorite subject. And I remember even learning about, you know, different systems in the body. I always thought breathing is such a fascinating thing. And I think partly because we do it automatically or kind of unconsciously but as soon as you think about it, you can start controlling it. But as soon as you stop thinking about it, you still carry on and do it anyway. I feel like it's quite an unusual system in that way.
1: And, and that is the magic of it because it's the, for me, I, I feel it's the bridge between your unconscious mind and all the systems in your body that we don't necessarily have control of mm-hmm. and your conscious mind. And that is where there's so much power in understanding how we're breathing in the moment because we can take control of our breath. And if we take control of our breath, we actually send a signal to our brain to change what that signal is. So to make a bit of sense of that, if our breathing, like many systems in the body, is often override by a stress response because our primary um, response of our mind is to keep ourselves safe from danger.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So a threat comes in the room, the tiger comes in the room, we see the tiger, so our senses pick it up, we might hear the roar, we might even smell it signal sent to our breathing, breathing increases, heart rate increases, blood flow moves to our legs and we leg it, or we try and fight off the tiger. So that's the stress response. Or, yeah, <laughs> or we have the third response, which might be interesting for yourself because there's third response is freeze.
0: Oh yeah, actually I changed my answer. I picked that one.
1: Yeah. So freeze means like if we draw it on a curve, we've, we've been, um, aroused by that, um, threat. So heart rate is up, everything's going up, and then we realize in that split second that there's no way out. So the body says, "Right, okay, we move into what we call a parasympathetic response," which is bizarre because that's actually the, the rest response. But in that case, the freeze response is still a stress response, and we shut down. Mm-hmm. So we shut down in the hope that whatever it is, the threat will not see us and walk past us. The tiger just goes past, or if we do end up in the tiger's mouth, that we don't feel anything. We're numb. Mm-hmm. So that's what this, the psychological freeze response. So this is how we're built for thousands of years. Our ancestors are the same. Our lives are very different. So if we have experiences that, um, create a stress response, we can get stuck in a freeze response. And in that freeze response, we feel numb. We feel lack of motivation. Um, we find it hard to go and do things or be in social situations. And, and we often feel it's that kind of withdrawal response that is often uh, linked to people who are feeling depressed Mm -hmm. or feeling anxious. And what we can do is actually work back through that and allow the body to shift and let the body know that, that the tiger is not in the room anymore. Mm -hmm. And I know that seems like a simple thing when we know a tiger is not in the room, but the tigers we have in this day are the tigers in our head. And what's really quite interesting about breathing or the body and the unconscious mind is it doesn't know that the breathing the brain's trigger to our breath does not know the difference between an experience happening in our environment and an experience just fabricated through thought. It triggers the same response. Mm -hmm. So if we are worried about an event or we're worried about, um, our to-do list, or we've got what we should have done yesterday or what we should be doing tomorrow or, um, money or whatever it is that we may be uh, these common worries of, of things people have, then it can be triggering these different responses and causing our breath to react in a way as if the tiger's in the room. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people get stuck in these, these, um, stressful breathing patterns, either through habit because of the stressful day that becomes a month becomes a year. Um, or because of an experience where they hold their breath to stop this flow of emotion that we talked about earlier. Um, so the nice thing is that is all unconscious. That's all happening in the background, but by understanding, well, how is my breath flowing? Is this the right way or wrong way for this situation? Can I now take control of it? So if I take control of it, I'm going to shift the way I'm feeling in this moment, probably shift my behavior in this moment as well. And I can actually, um, I like to think of it as a hack. We're hacking into our body system. We're changing our body chemistry every time we take control of our breath so that we feel different. And that's where it's so, so powerful. So that might be, I can't get to sleep. I, I really want to sleep right now. I need to wind down. Well, if we are breathing in a stressful way, something is telling our body and mind, the tiger's in the room, and we're not going to go to sleep because there's a tiger in the room. Yeah. So we if we then tell our body, and mind by breathing a certain way, calming our breath, that sends a signal to the brain, says, No, there's no tiger in the room. There's this two-way street between our mind and our body. And and the breath is sitting in, in the middle of that, controlling our heart rate and controlling what's happening with the signal going back to our mind. So again, there's lots of different situations that I will link with. I mentioned sleep, but it could even be digestion. Mm. If we're having digestion issues, then the body and brain might just think there's a tiger in the room. And if we think there's a tiger in the room, then it says, well, our digestion can wait. We'll deal with that later. We need to survive right now. So our blood flow is going elsewhere. So it's really fascinating because it is something we can control. And it's something that when we control it, we start to access parts of our body and mind that we ordinarily thought just happened by themselves and we had no control over. So that's why I find... Breathing such a empowering tool because if we are feeling anxious or feeling stressed or feeling overwhelmed or have an experience where we um, are kind of thrown off a little bit, then we can come back to our breath and allow ourselves to have that kind of integration cycle of emotion, allow ourselves to change our nervous system so we tell the body that we're safe and, and everything's okay. And that's why I just think it's such a such an amazing tool to have.
0: Yeah. And I love that that all makes very scientific sort of sense to me. I mean, that's the the way my brain kind of works, I guess. But I mean, as you said at the beginning and how you came into breath work and this sort of space, how you discovered it. And it felt like I mean, it sounded like it was kind of like this magical experience. And you said that you wanted to go away and find out what was happening and how it worked when you dived dove what are we saying there when you dug into it more (laughs) did you find that you were able to logically kind of scientifically explain exactly how all of these things work or is there a spiritual element to some of it for you do they blend together or how would you say your kind of approach to to breathing lands?
1: Yeah, it's an amazing question that I've been trying my hardest to figure out. Mm. And this is, a, I talk about this in, in my book "Can in breathe in, breathe out because I had these magical experiences and it wasn't just me. I, when I started working with clients, people would share like, um, this happened the other week. I was running a workshop as part of the book tour and and somebody at the end said I, um, who was an older lady and she said, I've just let go of the grief of my dad who passed away when I was nine years old. Wow. And I brought everyone in the room to tears because she said she'd been holding on to that tension in her body because she, at that time she wasn't allowed to kind of show tears or grief wasn't really a thing. You just kind of got on with it. Mm. And she shared that at the end and everyone in the room was, was in tears because she allowed herself to move forward. And she said a bit similar to me, she said, I felt like my, my dad came and pinched my toe and said, I'm off now.
0: And oh, that's so sweet. And
1: it was so, so amazing and so powerful. And that, I mean, that's one of many, many people stories that happens now. It's quite hard to quantify mm. and that's something I've been doing. And, and I share a story in the book. I'm not going to give it too much away, but, um, I basically started working with a mentor and a scientist on this stuff. And I met him, I was doing a conference in Ibiza as part of um, a, a music summit that was over there. And I, I was quite new to where like my, my journey into teaching, et cetera. And I was invited over and I had a bit of imposter syndrome anyway. I was like, yeah. Oh, why am I, how come I'm here? Because they had experts from around the world. Mm. So I was like feeling a little bit uneasy, a little bit anxious. And and I got into this mini bus to go to the venue and they picked up other facilitators. And this guy sat in front of me in a Panama hat. He, he looked, just looked super intelligent. You know, you can just, you can just tell. Yeah. And he turned around and he said, oh, hey, I'm, 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 I'm Dr. Norm. I've heard about your breathing that you teach. What's this? And he went straight in for the kill. He said, what's the scientific evidence behind it?
0: And I was like, <laughs> oh God, Dr. Norm, I And I, I don't didn't know. have a solid answer.
1: <laughs> so like my, my imposter syndrome kind of went tenfold. I'm like, oh, and, um. It was a, a, like a tumbleweed moment, and mm-hmm. the, the bus kind of started rolling. And he, in my head, he was like, "You're useless." Although he didn't <laughs> say anything like that, but you know, in your mind, just like, "Oh my god, well, yeah. I'm trying to teach you stuff, and I don't know the, I don't know the full answers." And the following day, he, I didn't know that I was being quietly investigated by him. And this Dr. No, um, Norman Rosenthal, this gentleman, is a researcher. He lives in the states. He discovered um, seasonal affective disorder. Oh, wow. um, and light therapy and he tours the world talking about transcendental meditation and he maps all this stuff by science and he um he came up to me the following day and said i've been checking in with other people and they've been sharing how amazing your session is and how amazing the experience is i'd love to do a session with you so we did a session together and he just beforehand, I shared like the, through this experience, you might feel some emotion come up. You might have have kind of experiences from your past come up. And he put his hand on my knee, and I told the story loads, and he's fine with it because it's in the book as well. He put your hand on me, looked me dead pin in the eyes, and said, "I've been a therapist for forty years. <laughs> I'd be very, very surprised if something came up." And I was like, "Oh, geez, imposter syndrome again oh, okay. kicks in." Glad you've gone over. He mind. had. Yeah. And, but he had a magical, he, he laughed, he cried, he went through like every emotion on this emotional spectrum. Mm. And at the end, I was like, wow, what's happened? This is, it's been an incredible session for him. And I said, oh, do you want to share anything? And he just said, that was interesting.
0: <laughs> and that was it.
1: And he collected his things and went off. Such so again, a scientific I like, oh. answer. Yeah. And he, um, he then, I didn't see him because he flew back to the States, but I got a call from him the following week. And, he said, Hey, it's Norm. And I have shared a bit more about your session, what happened. And he said, I'm really excited about this because the science is quite patchy. Mm. So that had excited him as well. And he said, "And, and it was so powerful. And I've not been this excited for a long time about a practice. Would you like to embark on a scientific study on this? Let's, let's have a look at this a little bit deeper. So that's where I kind of, it was like, I went into that whole experience knowing that there wasn't answers for some of this stuff, Mm. but the proof was in the pudding, both my personal experience, but then many, many other people having these spiritual experiences. And you shared, I I know i talked about other science, but I like to I think that's what science is, questioning stuff and trying to figure things out and saying, well, something's happening here. Let's figure out what that is. Is it the imagination? Is it something bigger? Are we tapping into something, some magical force somewhere else? Um, Whatever it is, it's really helping people. So Mm -hmm. let's uncover it a little bit more. So we went off and um, he he kind of mentored me into collecting um, a whole body of, of, um, like anecdotal, um, experiences from people that did sessions. And we documented uh, 636 of them in the book got stopped because of, um, coronavirus initially that kind of paused things, Mm -hmm. um, in terms of our research, but we started to map it. And what we were doing is mapping into categories, looking for similar experiences and saying like, how do we map this into, um, into a, a body of work to say, Something's happening here, and then we can take it a little bit further to figure out what's happening in the mind, what's happening in the brain. We have ideas um, because we are in that particular way. There's lots of different ways that I teach people to breathe, but that particular practice where we have this deep um, release of emotion and and a a kind of letting go of our past experience, a kind of a reset of our brain breath connection. I often think of it as like Control Alt Delete on the computer, Mm. and for our body and mind and breathing, where we can just let go of all that stuff that's been like. Causing system defaults and, and problems in the yeah. background, and yeah, so we, we've we've started working with that, and we've we there's some really interesting things coming up and out of it. Um, obviously, we're shifting the chemistry of our body. We in that particular practice, we create a very alkaline environment in the body, and we breathe in a certain way that elicits a stress response. I know that sounds scary to people, but we deliberately work with the sympathetic system, but we keep ourselves in a very calm state. So we're kind of playing off these systems a little bit as well. And what we've, what we're finding is in traditional meditation with the, it, it's like under stimulating the body and mind. Mm. How do we under stimulate? How do we like switch, close our eyes and think about that singular thing and I mean, some people go to silent retreats and, and maybe do fasting and have these very magical experiences that are that are hard to quantify or mystical experiences. So we found that there's something happening in, in the understimulation world that is being mapped, but this was going the other side. What happens if we overstimulate through breath? And um, what seems to be happening is we allow our... our brain the default mode network in the brain to switch off so we're not no longer stuck in this train of thought or the spirals of thought they're overthinking and looping around um there is some studies to suggest that we elicit different chemicals in our brain as well during this process that allows us to kind of transcend our usual day-to-day experience so that we can tap into old memories or tap into um a deep part of our brain where we're holding on to stuff and as well as having this physical experience. So it's something we're still working on at the moment. Um, we're hoping to have a paper out soon, hopefully this year. The paper was meant to come out before the book, but we, we got a bit delayed. So oh, yeah. um it's something certain we're looking on looking at and working on and, and it's a fascinating space to explore. Um both because of the potency of it, but also the it's it's kind of an unknown space at the moment. So and it's it's trying to demystify the mystical in some ways yeah and and sometimes I'm like well let's just have those mystical experiences but I do think it's, it's an exciting space to figure out what's going on
0: yeah definitely i really like to try and at least understand how things work so that that sounds great to me can't wait to read the paper when it comes out yeah. I like how you were describing that it's kind of more of a stimulation because it's in in the same way that meditation like as a whole, I feel like it's quite well accepted that that is something that's really good for you. But I personally, even though I think it probably would be good, I've really struggled to get into that with any particular depth. Like I'll have a go every so often, but I, I find it really difficult to get to that kind of under switching my brain off space. So I feel like this kind of going the other way sounds like it might possibly work a little bit better for me but how would you say for me for example starting from a beginner or from for anyone listening how do you start to or how could you start to build in these sorts of practices to your life or how, how do you have a go and get started and see if it works for you
1: yeah that's a great question and the nice thing about breath is we can go both ways we can actually slow our breath right down and really under so we can use breath as a meditation Or we can go the other way and overstimulate and and get to that same space. The understimulation approach is is definitely more sustainable over time. But when we do some of these deeper breathwork practices, it takes us to a space that meditation will take you to, but meditation will take quite a dedicated practice to get there. And I think in our busy over distracted world our minds are just being pulled from our attention's being pulled everywhere from our phones to adverts to what we got to do we're we're just overloaded with stimulation so it's quite hard to then just sit and just let that all simmer down certainly when we build up and practice I often think meditation or traditional forms of meditation are such an advanced practice and because of the modern world and the the world that we live in um when we use our breath as a tool to meditate, it exercises the doing part of our mind. Mm. So meditation is about being, being with what is and sitting there, which is quite hard for us. But if we give ourselves something to concentrate on, which is why some meditations use a mantra or words, just to, a phrase to repeat in your mind. So when your mind wanders off, you bring it back to the word. With breath, when we just concentrate on our breath throughout that, if we're fully focusing on our breath, then we're allowing ourselves to be fully present in the moment. Because if we're thinking about our breath, we're breathing right now, as mm-hmm. opposed to we're breathing of in the future or the past. So and the action is doing. So we're doing something, we're doing, we're breathing, we're breathing. And the fact that we're breathing is creating a very um, present moment awareness. Mm-hmm. And that present moment awareness is meditation. So the meditation kind of sneaks in the back door and all of a sudden we're in a being state although we've been doing the whole time Mm -hmm. and that's uh, and that is a really nice thing to have this real simple entry point into meditation because what I do I mean meditation is such a big umbrella and it falls under that umbrella but it's a form of meditating that I think can allow people to access meditation a lot quicker and easier and when we do these deeper breathwork practices um, the amount of times people have said and this being the same case for me it, is, it takes you to a place that the, the 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 yogis and the gurus say that the meditation takes you to mm. in a much quicker way for our modern minds. I have felt, and many people I've worked with, and what that has done for myself and others is gives you a bit of a reference point. Because, ah, that, I think that, that was it. That was meditation. I was yeah. there. So then often I find that people then after doing some sessions or after doing breath work sessions, they then can find meditation much easier to do. They go, I can actually now sit down and meditate and close my eyes and, and have a, have a nice experience because I can kind of gauge what, where, where I'm meant to be with that, that experience. So, so I went off on one on, on your question, but your, your question was how do people, um, have I got that right? How do people engage in this? How do they actually, how can they start a practice? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, the first thing is understand, like, pause and stop. Stop. How are you breathing right now? That awareness of knowing how you're breathing. Is this the right breath for the situation? Is the tiger chasing me? Or am I running for a bus? Yeah. Probably not if we're sat still. Um, but if that's happening with short, shallow breathing, or our breathing's tight, or we're feeling constriction in our body, or even our posture, even our clothing choice—if we've got high-waisted jeans or a tight bra on, or sucking our stomach into have tight abs—then it's going to affect the way that our breath is flowing, and it's going to send a skewed signal about our environment to our brain. So, there's the first thing would be just checking in with yourself how am I breathing? Okay. Can I use my breath to calm myself down? I, I often get people just to calm themselves because most people are overstressed these days. And in terms of the deeper work, deeper practice, I mean, I, I've, everything's in my new book. i was going to sound like I'm, I'm selling here so much, but, but literally breathe in, breathe out is packed from start to finish. We kind of work through this whole process. I wanted it to be as if I was there with you mm-hmm. holding your hand through this whole process and it took me a while to, to put it all together to do a two year project to finish it. And so that, that again is a really nice entry point because at the beginning of the book, I talk about what your breathing says about you, what are particular, um, what are typical breathing archetypes or patterns that we fall into some quick fixes: Is it the clothing choice? Am I breathing with my chest? Am I breathing, um, irregularly? am I pausing throughout the day? Sometimes people stop breathing when they're concentrating hard, Mm. um, like on their emails or um, other things. Sometimes I I catch, the only time I seem to really catch myself pausing and holding breath is um, when I'm doing DIY, which isn't that often by the way, but I'm like holding my breath to like put a screw in or or something. But um, yeah, so there's different times we'll, we'll, we'll change the patterns of our breathing and it will start to change what's happening in our body. So I talk about a lot of that in Breathe In, Breathe Out. The first part is about fixing our breath. The second part of the book is all about um, deeper. How do we uncover what is causing my breath to be out of alignment? What's holding me in these patterns or archetypes? And usually that's due to our childhood, our past conditioning. Um, I, I shared about the kind of tiger coming in the room. But if we just switch that tiger analogy for a second for a dog, if a dog came in the room, one of two things would happen. You'd either get the excited breath and your breath would go like this yeah. and you'd run off towards the dog and you'd scratch it behind his ears and you'd feel endorphins and, and um, you feel feel great. The other side might be you see the dog and it's like the tiger's come in the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we hold our breath, we freeze or we run to the other side of the room. So it's the same experience, but two people can have a very different reaction. Now that is because of our past systems of our mind of what we perceive the dog to be. Mm -hmm. So if a big dog had barked at you or nipped your hand at three years old, your brain would fire and wire and say, dogs are not safe. So we create a belief, dogs are not safe and we avoid the dogs. Mm -hmm. Or somebody else tells us, don't ever go near a dog. Dog's going to bite your hand off. So we learn from somebody else that dogs are not safe. So we avoid the dogs. That's felt experience and learnt experience. So we can see that, um, what happens from our past will change the way that we interact in our day today. Mm -hmm. Um, I've used that very simple example about dog there, but you can see how any experience, um, makes sense because of that stress response, because the link with our mind and because how we move forwards. So a lot of this stuff is, is we're able to kind of unwind some of those old patterns and, and systems in the mind and the body by using our breath as the key between this kind of conscious part to the unconscious part
0: amazing um and just just briefly you're going to treat us to a little session of sort of guided breathwork meditation a little bit later in the podcast so what kind of breathing are you going to take us through
1: jen I, I was thinking about this and uh, what i'm going to do because there's lots of different types like i said and and we've talked about the kind of stuff to calm the, the kind of working with the nervous system a lot of the other stuff i do is working with athletes and how do we actually optimize our whole body and system through using breath, but I thought what would be a nice thing to do is, is actually work with a very simple practice that allows us to find complete balance, mm-hmm. complete balance between on and off. Um, a practice called box breathing, really simple, and we'll have some music to it. And what this allows us to do is we'll, we'll be breathing in and out at equal lengths because our in-breath switches us on. It's a bit like fuel in the car mm. and our out-breath switches us off. So breathing is quite binary in that sense. If we start breathing more air, we're going to be more on. If we start breathing more out and slowing things down, we're going to be more off. But if we sit in the middle, we find this really nice coherent space. And it's a great way to be because our heart rhythms start to find coherence. And our heart rhythms to our brain find coherence. And we start to feel this sense of flow. So it really helps with focus, with flow. Um, It's something the Navy SEALs actually do before going into conflict. And you, you can imagine I mean, a kind of task force like the Navy feels. They don't want to, seals, sorry, the Navy SEALs, they don't want to go into a conflict situation that's super pieced out and relaxed. <laughs> no, and I they don't want to that. go in feeling like trigger happy, like really, really stressed. They want to go in, in a really um, state of flow of mind, balanced, energized, focused. And the way they do it is using this technique. And what's super interesting when we do it, together as a unit people start to flow together as a unit because all the breath the heart rate and the brain waves all start to synchronize as one so it can be a really helpful technique to do with with your team or with your um workmates or even your family if you're just trying to find a little bit of synchronization between everybody Mm. it's a great technique to use
0: okay amazing i can't wait well we will get to that very shortly um but before that i'm gonna ask you some lovely people's questions
1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more
0: than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Every week, my guest and I will be answering your questions. And the first one comes in from Camilla, who says, Hi, Gemma and hi, Stuart. I'm really looking forward to the episode. Lately, I've been having lots of anxiety and panic attacks, like more than the usual amount. And I used to find that deep breaths really helpful, but the last few times I just couldn't manage to make it work for me. Any advice on how to make it better with some breathing exercises?
1: Great question. And, and, um, it's probably a two-pronged approach to that. We're wanting to have a tool to have when we're in that state of panic or panic attack or anxiety to tell the body that we're safe. So the first thing I often say, if in doubt, breathe it out. If in doubt, if we're feeling stressed or if we're feeling anxious, overwhelmed, or in a panic state, um, a nice long drawn out breath, so doubling our out breath to our in breath, causes the, the vagal nerve to signal to the heart to slow slow down a pace and sends a signal to our brain for everything just to calm down. Now the thought might kick in again and we just need to keep on breathing that way. So I'd, I'd say in the moment of um, panic, in the moment of anxiety or stress, breathe in through our nose, feeling our belly rise, pause and hold at the top, and then breathe out through our mouth, at least for a count of eight, and use that out breath to relax the shoulders, face, jaw, and just really, really calm the body down that way. And just repeat that. So that's, and that's what's, what helps in the moment. Now, if you're noticing that these experiences are happening more and more frequently, there's probably an underlying reason or cause for that happening, that what's happened around that moment. Has there been a peak experience or some sort of experience that's happened around you or has the workload increased at work or whatever it is that's causing this kind of shift happen? Is it sleep related? Is it diet related? I like to do a bit of detective work around it because that's ultimately what we want is to bring these down to less frequently, if at all. Um, and then if it ever happens, you've got our breathing technique to use. So when we are feeling a lot of anxiety throughout our day or, or having these panic attacks, I'd come back to some of the deeper practices in breathe in, breathe out, try to uncover where am I holding breath? Because if you're maybe in a breath holding pattern, Maybe your p- diaphragm is completely paralyzed. That deep breath is actually just a big chest breath, which might be eliciting more stress. So really uncovering, am I breathing optimally at rest? What is my natural breathing pattern? Can I make sure I'm using my diaphragm? Am I breathing through my nose throughout the day as much as possible? So can we create this very this framework of um, relaxed breathing throughout my day? And then if something happens that triggers a... a, a anxiety attack can I then use my breathing in that moment to calm myself down
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense and I think that's an experience I can kind of relate to as well in terms of so this was a few years ago when I first um, ever started seeing a therapist and I'd never done any kind of work really on sort of realizing where I was having a feeling in my body or anything like that and at the time I would quite often have the sensation that when I was really on edge and full of anxiety I felt like I couldn't breathe but through kind of doing that work I realized that I felt like I couldn't breathe because I was already holding my breath so where I was trying to breathe in there was there was no nowhere else to go because I was just holding on to it too much already so yeah I can I relate to that advice.
1: Holding on to that tension, it's what happens. We, we freeze up, we create that tension, in our shoulders, our neck, the whole body goes into this stress response, this fight or flight response. And it can feel, yeah, it can feel like we can't, we're not getting enough air or we can't hold breath or someone's sitting on our chest. Um, so yeah, it's really important that we, even, even positive affirmations in those moments, I am okay, this is just uh, an experience that's happening. And allowing ourselves to breathe through it and and balance out the chemistry of our body because what happens as well in panic is we end up hyperventilating Mm. we breathe so fast and and what happens is the carbon dioxide drops so the carbon dioxide drops and we can actually get cramping in our hands and then it creates more panic because we think i'm out of control what's happening here and we kind of go into this bit of a spiraled state and the mind spirals as well so it's about taking control in that moment knowing that yes I'm feeling this let's take a moment slow my breath down nice long drawn out breaths calm myself down in that moment you shared something amazing there as well Gemma about um, noticing where that is noticing where you're feeling Uh, I talk a lot about um, where we're holding tension in our body body in breathing breathe out because where we're holding tension can actually give us more information about what we're holding on to um linked to the meridian lines in our body linked to chinese medicine and where we're actually holding that tension is it in our chest is it in our throat is it in our back is it in our abdomen is it in our hips um because each one of these different places tells us maybe what we're we're holding on to
0: yeah i'm definitely gonna i'm gonna go back and revisit this because i haven't really thought too deeply on that for for quite some time but it's yeah love all of this kind of stuff Next question from Kelsey, who asks, What is something I can do in situations where I can't step away and breathe? For context, I'm a manager in a fast paced cafe and it's always go, go, go. When things get stressful and I want to center myself, I often try to control my breathing, but usually something else demands my attention.
1: Uh, The the nice thing about breathing is we can do it in the battlefield, Mm -hmm. Uh, we can do it in the busy restaurant, we can do it. And and it, we don't need to take ourselves away. So the the exercise we're going to be doing today, the the box breathing exercise, we I might deliver it in a kind of meditative way, closing down your eyes. But actually, I do that all the time throughout my day, walking from A to B. Um, you, you might be able to say, oh, "I'm just going to nip to the toilet." Can someone cover this? Just walking to the toilet, gather yourself, use your breath to come the system down. So you might be able to create a little bit of space around a situation. If you can't, then you can still breathe in those moments. You might find in those moments that we end up breathing a lot through our mouth <sighs> like this, because the heat of the moment, the body is saying we're, we're under attack. The stress mm-hmm. is kicking in and it's just the busy restaurant and we've got lots going on. And the likelihood is that the thoughts that are happening in the mind in those moments those that when our attentions being steal or stolen then we're triggering that stress response and we actually elicit this faster breathing so making sure our mouth is closed if we can breathing in and out through our nose in those moments is just going to slow everything down and allow us to find that better state of calm throughout the um, that moment so i think it we don't always have to do it in a meditative way sometimes i will be just about to do something and I'm starting to feel anxious whether it's uh, like a public speaking thing or something like that or maybe on my radio show or I'm starting to feel like oh the anxiety we're just about to go live or a podcast or whatever it is and I can just that's all of 10 seconds ish or maybe a bit more 12 seconds in for four out for eight so that's 12 seconds there and we can create that spaces um during the midst of chaos.
0: That's good to know. We always need need some tools for the midst of chaos. I feel like that's where we all live these days.
1: You're you're bang on because life gets stressful sometimes. I'm not I'm not wanting to advocate like oh yeah just do this and life will never be stressful again. Mm-hmm. Life happens and we go through experiences that are hard and we go through challenges and we feel things. And we have stressful days or sometimes we just wake up and we just feel a bit like, Oh, mm. like today. And and with the, then the mind pipes up and says, Oh no, I'm feeling crap today. It's going to be a bad day. Our mind starts going in overdrive. In those moments, we have the power to change it around, but saying, no, wait a second, let's change my breathing. Let's pause, change my breathing. Even if that's when you're up and on the go, concentrating on your breath is a safe pace for the mind to go. So, um, Yeah, it's it's really, really handy when we can just start bringing a bit more awareness. And that what nice thing about that question is that she has awareness of her breath already. Mm. Um, She notices, but, but I'd say just start to practice in those moments to breathe and start to feel that focus come through.
0: Perfect. And then lastly, so kind of had a few variations on a theme for this question. So I chose Ali's question because it was very succinct. So... Ali says, focusing on my own breath can stress me out. Any advice for getting past this? And I'll kind of, will elaborate slightly to some of the other questions. So there was somebody who had said that um, when they could feel they were anxious and they were going to try a breathing exercise, they kind of connected them, the fact that they were focusing so much on their breath with being anxious and focusing on their breath kind of made them more anxious. I feel like it's and people aren't used to putting that level of kind of to to pulling something subconscious into being conscious. And I think that's where a few people had similar questions as to how do you get past that?
1: Yeah, there's a there's a few routes why that happens. Sometimes people distract themselves from feeling. And then when they stop and pause it kind of says, oh this is actually how you're feeling," and it evokes emotion. And and that can be a difficult thing to work through. What also happens is breathing, as much as being a kind of physical, mechanical thing that's linked to how we feel, it's it's all about chemistry. Our, um, carbon dioxide is acidic when it's in water. So when it's in our blood, the bloodstream becomes acidic. If this starts building up, the brain says, take a breath. So the likely thing is for many people is when they stop and pause because they're think I'm feeling anxious. I need to stop and take a deep breath. Then they naturally start to slow down and carbon dioxide increases because they're slowing down their breath. Now, if we are stressed all the time Mm -hmm. on the the other side of the scale, if we're stressed all the time, our breathing increases. So carbon dioxide drops, carbon dioxide drops, which changes the pH of our body. And the body doesn't like our pH kind of veering too much out of its range. So when that happens, we hold on to acidity. We don't, when we go to the toilet, we don't pee it out as much to balance our pH levels. And we get stuck in this fast cycle of breathing. And with that fast cycle of that new normal of breathing, because the pH is now balanced, but we're at this fast rhythm that's creating more stress. So we get stuck in this kind of cycle of breathing. So when we stop and pause and think about our breathing, the carbon dioxide increases and this elicits a change in the body. And the body says, Whoa, we're changing again. I don't like this. And it can create for many people a feeling of anxiety or a feeling of not getting enough air, or I feel a bit suffocated. Mm. Um, so it's, it's something that sitting with just taking it really slowly, sitting with it and just bit I like to just like teeter around with that sensation and find it, um, be curious. Oh, Why is this? I'm stopping and pausing, and I know the science says that breathing's going to make me feel better, but I'm not. So let's just sit in this a little bit longer, feel it out, be okay in this space. Start working with it, um, because once we do, we can kind of get through that barrier. And this is tends to be because of the the chemistry of our body. We're just eliciting this slight change in chemistry that can feel a bit strange at first. So um, I often get people saying things like that throughout to me, saying, you know, when I concentrate on my breath. It actually wigs me out a little bit. My mind's like, "Oh my god, you're not breathing okay. Oh, am I breathing? Am I doing it right?" And and it it comes back to this train of thought, this train of n- um, negative spiral of thinking, which again is just a safety response. It's all to do with safety. Mm-hmm. Our mind is wired negative, um, so that we can keep safe, and we're always looking for dangers and and things like that, so so that we can create the best response in any moment. So um. Yeah. The other, the other part that that could be also is if we are really stuck in a breathing pattern. So when we go to concentrate on our breathing, we have still got a, a holding pattern happen. So that deep breath for many people, we might go, I'm taking a deep breath, but I'm now breathing in my chest. And that was actually what I just did. There was actually a stress, a trigger of stress. It wasn't, it was a deep, deep breath. But it was a chest breath and it was fast through my nose and it's now causing, creates a, a list of, of stress in the body. So I'd often just nice and gentle in breath. I know we're talking almost a deep breath. We're thinking about that in breath, but I'd concentrate more on the out breath. Can we breathe out? Nice, long, drawn out breath. And on that out breath, try and concentrate on a body part, like relaxing your shoulders, like relaxing your face, relaxing behind your eyes relaxing your legs your your hands your feet and then we can kind of move our distract ourselves away from that a little bit as well so there's a few sort of ways we can work around it it might be chemistry it might be the physicality of where we're breathing um and it might just be this this slight change of what's going on for us in that moment but it's really worth exploring and having a bit more curiosity around it to understand well why is this coming up for me what is this Why is it because I'm so distracted and now I'm having to feel something? Well, can I just sit? Can I create a bit of space? Um, Like how badly do you want to feel good? Um, In some ways, some people, yeah, just will go, actually, I tried that once. That's that's not for me. Um, But this is research backed and science backed. It does work. We're changing the chemistry. We're working with the nervous system. We're telling the body we're safe. The mind might find that difficult at first. Over time working with it, but just take it slow, take it slow and work with it, and just start to be um, interested and curious of, of that awareness because a lot of that is just awareness. All of a sudden, we stopped and paused, and now we realize something, or we feel our heartbeat. And we go, Oh, my heartbeat! Oh, that's last time I felt my heartbeat was when I was panicking. So we start to think, Oh, actually, now that I can feel my heartbeat, I might be panicking again, and those thoughts are now eliciting a panic response. So it's, it's kind of playing around with it and saying, no, that's just my heartbeat. Oh no, that's, that's my breath just flowing and I'm slowing it down and that's okay. I'm safe. So just positive encouragement for yourself to being like, it's okay to feel what I'm feeling right now. It's okay to feel like different changes in my body.
0: Well, that was a perfectly timed question because I'm going to completely hand over to you for the podcast for a lovely few minutes now and hopefully we'll take that advice on board and have a little go at this exercise and see how you feel. And I will see you on the other side.
1: So we're going to go into our breath practice. So I'd like you to get into a comfortable position. You can be seated or lying down. And I invite you to close down your eyes or bring them to a soft gaze. This will allow you to bring your attention inwards. And in this space, just noticing how you feel right now. Notice how your body feels. How your mind feels. And I'd like you to bring some awareness to the air around you that's where breathing begins so notice the air around you maybe even noticing the texture of the air as it touches your skin and I'd like you to follow that air so follow that air in through your nose and noticing which part of you expands are you breathing in your chest are you breathing lower into your belly is it easy what's happening in your mind we're just bringing some awareness to the air flowing from around you in to you and then back out without trying to change it too much do it so wherever your breath is I'd like us to all start deepening our breath Deepening our breath, using our diaphragm, our primary breathing muscle, which moves downwards, opens up, a bit like a parachute, opening up downwards, so our lower belly will rise before our chest. So let's place our hands on our lower belly, so you can feel it rise and fall. And we're going to breathe in for a count of four, feeling our belly rise. Then pause and hold for a count of four, just keeping calm and still then breathe out for four good, and hold for four good, so it's in two three four hold two three four and out two three four hold two three four, so keep going in feel your belly rise Hold, just keep calm and still and breathe out, letting your shoulders relax and hold. That hold at the bottom can feel quite challenging, but stick with it in two, three, four. Pause and hold, two, three, four and out, two, three, four and hold, two, three, four. Keep it going in, feel your belly rise. Hold, keep calm and still. And breathe out. Relax your body, relax your mind, and hold there. You've got this. Let's keep going in. Hold. And out. And hold. In. Hold and out and hold. If your mind starts to wander, just keep on with the counts. Keep breathing in, hold, and out. And as you breathe out, just letting go of any stress, any strain, any worry. Finding a real sense of balance and that's what we're doing here. We're balancing our in-breath and out-breath in equal measure, so we're on and off, energised, focused, and out, and hold, let's do a couple more, get in, hold, and out. and hold. Nice. Okay, last round. In, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, and out, two, three, four, and hold, two, three, four. Okay, good. Let's take a nice deep recovery breath in, so breathe in for four. Hold, slow breath out through your mouth, just let your whole body relax, as slow as you can out this time. Let's do one more of those, deep breath in. Pause and hold, slow breath out, slower this time. Breathing come back to our natural rhythm Noticing this sense of calm This sense of balance that you've created today slowly, slowly arriving back into your space wiggling your toes, your fingers loosening your neck maybe having a stretch thanking yourself for taking the time to find balance let's take another deep breath in Pause, slow breath out, shoulders drop even more as you open your eyes, coming back into your space. So welcome back.
0: Hope everyone enjoyed that session. How did it go for you? Did you like it? Let us know on socials. Before you go, Stuart, I've got three things I ask every guest and that's if listeners want to find out more about what we've been talking about today, could you recommend us something to read, something to listen to and something to watch, please?
1: Yes, I'd love to. So something to read. I'm going to just say my own book right as, now. As well, you should. I um, encourage it. Uh, good stuff. Well, yeah, something to read is Breathe In, Breathe Out. Um, it's my new book. Um A lot of the stuff that I shared, everything, as much as I have learned about breath and breathing, I put it in there. I've tried to make the science as um, easily understood as possible. And there's loads of practical exercises, so stuff from stress to manage your pain, to manage your headaches, um, to then some of the deeper stuff to work through our past, our experiences, our traumas, and then how to optimize our breathing in sport and at work Public speaking, etc. So there's something really for everybody in inside that. Perfect. Next up, something to listen to, and I've put together a series on on BBC Radio One called the Decompression Sessions, which is music to get the good vibes flowing, and then it's tools to manage your mindset. So everything from managing anxiety, some fun things like improving your memory. Um, sometimes they're mixes like get to get to sleep mixes. That's more ambient. Sometimes um, deep focus mixes to help us if we are doing some studying or doing some work. Um, so that's a really good one to go and listen to. It's on BBC um, Sounds or BBC iPlayer. You can you can listen to it there. So something to watch is something I watched recently on Netflix, and I found it fascinating. It was um, a documentary called Fantastic Fungi.
0: That's in my watch list. It was
1: amazing. Yeah, It's on the watch list. Yeah, well, definitely, definitely watch it. It's just so amazing to just learn more about the natural life and, and the life of, of mushrooms on the planet. It's, it just blew me away. I thought it was very, very interesting. So definitely worth a watch.
0: Love that recommendation. And I always find in terms of, you know, calming and coming back to a nice centered place. I like watching nature shows for things like that because, you know, it just makes me feel like a speck on a planet
1: and it's shot so beautifully and i think that's part of it it's like this m- just magically shot i don't and even the is it and it must be animations i'm like why have they really done this it looks so so good um so it's worth watching and it's so interesting um just yeah just again it's like a world that i didn't really know much about and then i watched that and i thought wow this is this is incredible
0: thank you for listening and thank you Stuart, for joining me If you want to try that breathing exercise again, we'll leave a timestamp for it in the show notes so you can come back to it later. If you enjoyed the episode, I'd love you to subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you're using. And if you've got an extra minute, you could leave a rating and review as well. Your reviews make a big difference and help other people find the podcast. See you next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.